the Stone, dog has woken up. <laughs> Stonecutters podcast. Aaron Hankins. Will Catlett. We already started. Will told me to hit the record button. He says they activated MJ in him, so let's let's go. <laughs> you know, okay. So we in this housing process, right? We getting ready to cross the finish line here come June first. Now, I have a lot of friends and that love me. Okay, they love me. Okay, <laughs> and what I mean by that, their intentions mean well. But when I said they activated the MJ in me, because some of my friends like, you sure it's the pandemic? You sure? I mean, you know, it's uncertain in the industry. You sure? And it's not just one. It's been, you know, maybe maybe three out of all the 50 people I don't talk to, right? But when the last conversation I had, it just activated MJ in me, bro. It's like, what do you mean? I don't know how to lose. You know, it's not going to, I'm going to get what I need to get into this crib. You know what I'm saying? Do you know who you talking to? You talking to Will Catlin, you know what I'm saying? So, so okay. it's like that. So we looking at the last dance, you know what I'm saying? And you, you see that MJ said, you know, the way I played the game, some people never want anything. Some people just don't know how to stretch to go towards something. You can never do anything in life when the stakes or the playing field is perfect for you. When you know where your help comes from, you got to move on that conviction in your spirit, in your soul. MJ said, look here, I ain't switching. I ain't switching no screens. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I know. I trust me. I ain't switching no screens. You know when he was, got, they called it when he got poisoned in, in Utah with the pizza and he had to go somewhere. He had to dig into that dog to go get that game six, close that boy out. Will Kellett is digging into that dog, Aaron. <laughs> I'm digging into that dog. So if you just joined the Stone Cutters podcast, we just talk about Will is in the process of escrow. Will is getting ready to buy the house. Will on the face of some opposition, but Will is going to get through because all Will know how I do is win. And all you got to do as a stone cutter, and then I'm going to quiet down, I'm going to let you talk. Because what I'm doing, Aaron, is what we talk about in the name of our podcast. You got to keep cracking at the stone. Everybody not going to say yes. Every door that you knock on is not going to open. Doesn't mean you stop trying. The stone cutter is cracking at the stone. What we say, it's not the first hit, not the 30th hit, may not be the 100th hit. It may be the 10,000th hit that cracked that stone open. The key is you got to keep cracking at the stone. Stone cutters podcast. I just had to open up like that. <laughs> All right. So, Will, right. congratulations on on making the move towards closing escrow, getting your first house with your wife and your daughter. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. uh, you mm -hmm. talked about goals. And yep. we talked about it very briefly offline before we jumped on. And I want to just, mm -hmm. to people that are out there that are listening, Will has, is it 24 hours, Will? I got 48 hours. Oh, no, tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow will be 48 hours. Tomorrow he has 48 hours to make the goal of, we'll just call it, we'll just say that it's $40,000 and he's about halfway there. Mm -hmm. And Will, Will was talking to me and Will was just like, oh my gosh, I got 48 hours to try to find a way to make this happen. And I was like, Will, you're going to make it happen. It's going to mm -hmm. happen. 
right? Oh, yeah, for sure. So talking about specific words and trying to make something happen versus it's going to happen, like mm-hmm. going back to the last dance. Right. What did Jordan say after he won the sixth one? He's like, I knew it was going to happen when – when they were when they were counting us out, when the chips were down, I knew that it was going to happen. So mm-hmm. people that are listening, you have to train your brain to really to get yourself into the into the mindset that you already have it, that it's that it's on the path, that it's mm-hmm. it's it's eventual. Mm-hmm. And you have 48 hours and we all know that everything's going to happen in the fourth quarter. Will we know that it's going to be down to the wire and it's going to, it's going to be a switch. It's going to be like, you know, right at the end. So right at the end. And I don't know if I said uh, whatever word I use, I'm totally convinced. It's not a doubt in my mind. I feel like MJ when he crossed my man and they try to say he pushed him, but he was already leaning that way. And he went up for the shot and it was just silky smooth because here's the thing that I want our listeners to understand. People are already on the road to help you. You just got to bump into them. And a lot of times we allow rejection. A lot of times we allow our own personal fears. A lot of times we allow the 48 hours. Maybe I'm not. What if you can't have that in your mind? Layla Ali said, I don't know how to lose. I know I've been off. I know I haven't fought in, 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 a, in a while. But losing, I, don't, I can't even comprehend that. The same thing with John Jones. They just don't, it's just not in their mind. So you can't have loss in your mind when you're trying to reach greatness. You can have doubt at times. This time I've doubted. This time Aaron has doubted. This time you would doubt. But the doubt can't can outweigh the will. There's something about the will in a person. That's one thing I've I've known about me ever since I was a kid and when I was playing ball. I always had a second and third or fourth gear inside of my will. My will to win, my will to finish, it just, you know, when I said they activated MJ, they activated that will. I use a lot of the will when I was playing sports. I don't use it as much in acting. You know what I'm saying? Why not? Or am I, well, a lot of times I, do, I, haven't, I haven't, I didn't need to. You know, I, did, I didn't need to. It's not, it's just not one coming up. I was already killing it. It then wasn't a, a four fifth gear that I needed to hit. But when you got a call and you raise it a little bit for what you got to do, and you asking, you get the, you get the no's, you get the yes, you get the this. But that will that has been lying dormant, the lion that's in there, begin to come to the surface. And this is what separates the good from the great. You got to use your inner will. That's that inner will cracking at that, that stone. And for some people that may be listening, how do you get to Nike? How do you get beyond Nike? How do you get beyond acting? How do you build a legacy that transcends your sports like a Muhammad Ali? It's a inner will. You got to speak to that inner will in yourself. Where are you? What you doing? Where you at? I need you to rise to the occasion. And that's what we saw as we talked about the last dance. You saw MJ. I mean, Scotty back is hurt. Scotty can barely get up and down the floor. How is this one person willing and willing himself to win? That's a different type of beast. But it's all in us. It's in everyone. It is. And uh, 
talking about the the last dance the the thing that they talked about with that jordan had is that he was never afraid of the shot that he hadn't taken yet and Mm. and and what happens to us is that we get caught up and resentful of the shot before we've ever taken it Mm. unpack that go deeper well the journey to nike for me you know, I think it's it's almost been five years now, five or six years when I really applied myself to go at Nike and the doubts come in where it's like, well, I'm about to be, I was in my mid thirties and I was like, oh, well, they don't want old people. They don't want people in their late thirties. They want young people. They don't mm-hmm. want somebody from the aerospace industry. I don't have any footwear experience. They don't, mm. they don't want black and brown people in Oregon. You know, oh, that's such a big company, this huge corporation. I don't know if I, I'm going to be able to fit in with the culture and things like that. All these thoughts go through your head before you even apply, before mm-hmm. you even start day one, right? Mm-hmm. And when you get the first no or when the, when the recruiter tells you that you don't have enough experience or people tell you that you should just stay in Los Angeles and find a job in LA because the weather is so much better in LA and why do you want to, why do you want to move up to Portland and live in the rain all the time? Right? So when people do that, they're actually validating the doubts that you have in your mind Mm -hmm. by validating those doubts. It gives yourself an an easier out an easier way to quit. So developing Mm -hmm. the will has a lot to do with recognizing the voice. Like we've talked Mm -hmm. about in the past, understanding the critic and you you recognized it with some of your friends is that when you spoke something and you said hey i'm gonna buy purchase a home i'm getting ready to or our family is getting ready to to drop this money on the escrow and people are like well should you be doing it this time or should you be doing this Mm -hmm. or what about this and what about Mm -hmm. the industry and they're they're Mm -hmm. throwing all these fears at you but will your your will is already Mm -hmm. at a point and you're you're able to recognize that what those people are talking about are their own fears that are being projected mm-hmm. onto you mm-hmm. and, and they care about you and they love you. But mm-hmm. we all know that for you to truly learn the lesson, you have to go through it yourself. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. are going to, people are going to tell you as, as they can tell you a million times, but until you're mm-hmm. in the experience yourself, that's when you're going to know if it's right for you, or if it isn't right for you. Yeah, that's so good. And then, you know, my friends, I have great friends and it's always great. Even if you Aaron, was to be like, Hey man, I don't know. I mean, it may not be the time. It may not be this. It may not be that. And it doesn't make the friend bad because they gave you their intention and their uh, advice. But you have to check in with your conviction inside of yourself. Now, sometimes people, they jump out there and they call this thing like blind faith. There's no such thing as really like blind faith. You know what I mean? You, you leap and the net will appear, but you're leaping based off the conviction. Something inside of you, even though, hey, Portland may rain. Hey, it may be this. Hey, it may be that. X, Y, and Z. But inside of you, there was something bubbling that said, man, I can do this. I can do this. And sometimes you have to listen to that. Most times you have to listen to that. I can do this has to become so loud that it keeps you up at night that it keeps you going. It is the, 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 the passion and the, and the logs that are on your fire. And that's what I feel like right now. You know, it's just, it's my time, man. You got to know it when, when it's your time. 
it's my time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and that's just how I feel. And I'm saying that not just for me, but somebody that is listening may be in that space. Like, it's my time. Let me push through. Let me go ahead and step out on that dream. Let me apply to that company. Let me call that friend back. Let me make uh, whatever. that film. Let me make that film. Let me make that shoe. Let me paint that house. Let me make that invention. You know, let me create that idea. So whatever it is that you are aiming for, you're going to get hit with opposition. Doesn't mean you're supposed to fold. Some things you got to jump over. Some things you got to crush. Some things you got to go under. Some things you got to go around. Some things you just got to invisible yourself and walk through it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> different, well, different, different things for different folks. So, so how about this, Will? Can you imagine if everything that you ever did in your life, everybody told you, yes, do that. And nobody ever gave you pushback. What that means is that you're not stretching far enough. Mm, if, you're not, mm. if you're not doing something that is bringing in comments from people like, I don't know if you should be doing that. That's a big move. Aaron, that's a risk. You've been working in the aerospace industry in California for almost 10 years. Why would you move to, why would you move and go work at Nike? Why would you change industries? Will, why would you mm -hmm. try to, why would you buy a house right now? You know, and mm -hmm. for people that are listening to the, to the Stonecutters podcast available on iTunes, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, um, all major streaming podcast platforms. So for the folks that are listening, though. And soon to be title. And soon to be title. We're going to talk mm -hmm. about that. <laughs> but um, you really have to put yourself out there. And how do you know that you're on the right path? Is that it feels uncomfortable. That it's, mm. that it's different. That there are some people that don't think that it might be the right thing for you to do. Right? Mm -hmm. there's, there's the quote that says that there's no growth in the comfort zone and there's no comfort in the growth zone. Mm, say that again, brother. Say that again. Say that again. There's no growth mm -hmm. in the comfort zone mm -hmm. and there's no comfort in the growth zone. That's so that's so right. for you to, so for you to grow, you're going to be uncomfortable. And mm -hmm. if you're feeling comfortable, it means that you're probably not growing. Right, right. It's just like a baby in the womb. You know, it's a time, you know, especially between that uh, I think it's, what is it, like week 32 or whatever the case may be, is right before the baby really hits that extra growth spurt and the baby starts to stretch out. Your wife is already uncomfortable. The back is hurting more because now the, the, the bones are separating so that the baby can get ready to make its way and its head to be down so it can get ready to come through. It's uncomfortable. You can barely walk your peeing all the time. And that's what that stretching and that expansion is. It's not going to be comfortable. But the greats, they know how to mold. They know how to live in the uncomfortability of that. <laughs> so, uh, Will, you said it's your time. And mm -hmm. uh, you had some big news this week, um, re release of a theatrical trailer. Uh, I want to say mm -hmm. congratulations. You want to talk about it? So... I've been saying, I just had a moment just now because I'm thinking back to the very first time that I left my first manager because she said, Will, you're just a co-star actor. And I had been saying, I am a movie star 
prior to that moment. I'm driving in my Mr. Bishi Galant. I'm on, uh, um, which street is that? I'm on the Brea, getting ready to pass Wilshire to go towards the, the 10 freeway. It's sunny outside. I get the call from my manager. She explains to me, right now, but what rose in me is that I'm a movie star. And I had been saying it in quiet, but it came out loud in that moment. And to now do a movie with Mel Gibson, Kate Bosworth, Emil Hirsch is magnificent. Mel Gibson is, and was, because he always evolving and with Lethal Weapon and all that, one of the biggest movie stars at that time in his prime. And now I'm in a movie with Mel Gibson. What I echoed five years ago has now came to pass and is going to continue to even elevate from there. So it was, it was more of a, that's why I said I had a moment because you can never give up. You got to speak to yourself. You got to know that it's going to happen in the midst of everything, in the midst of that moment, me saying I'm a movie star, and to be able to put that trailer up, and I made the trailer, you know what I'm saying? I ain't need my name yet, you know what I'm saying? You know, at the end, they got Mel Gibson, Mel Hurts, Kate Boswell, you know what I'm saying? And they say, Will Catlin, it's coming, though. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. But when they see the film, you know what I mean? They're like, oh, he's getting off in that boy. So uh, I'm excited. And then I, I got to be a little, a little bit more comedic in this one so I can laugh and smile and do a little bit of uh, that in this one. So, uh, yeah, man, I'm excited. Can you talk a little bit more about the role or do you just want us to see the movie? Like, is it a surprise? Like, yeah, man, go see it. Go see it. You got to go see it. <laughs> I'm so it's, proud it's... of you, man. Oh, man. Thank you, brother. I'm proud of me, too. <laughs> <laughs> this guy <laughs> you know i mean because you've been there since the since day one though you know you was there when we was doing uh speak to the king was it called? speak to the king and before that remember black oh, rose black rose yeah when we was black building, rose building sets and doing sound and all that yeah exactly you know you've been there when uh i was just beginning and i remember then i don't know if my team my team may be listening to this but i'm gonna tell it i just talked to him recently too but I remember the team, the teams, and printed out my own flyers. I'm froze. What's going on? The computer crash. Can you? I can hear you now. Hold on. It was just a. Okay, we good now. Okay, cool. So. Mateen story. You talking to Mateen? So talking to Mateen. So Mateen, I think Mateen was directing the play or in the play or whatever the case may be. But um, I have my own flyers, right? And I had put them out, and I was passing out the flyers. You know, I think I was playing Junie, and I was saying everybody coming out to see Junie tonight, right? And Mateen looked at me like, "Why this dude? I mean, what kind of cocky and ego this? We all a part of the play, but he got his own flyers." <laughs> and he passing his flyers out with his face on there. You know what I mean? Because I'm wait, can you can you wait? Can you back up a second though? Back up. So okay, this was Black Rose, and uh -huh. this was a this was a, a all black theater troupe in L.A. Yeah. Uh huh. And mm -hmm. was it a was it a three or a four person uh, theatrical play? 
I think so. I think so. Okay, yeah. and you played one of the main roles. Yeah, of course. So, <laughs> so, so you can't. So, so there's promotions that we do for the plays, and hey, you come out yeah. to the play this and that. What yeah. made you want to make your own flyers? Because I'm MJ. <laughs> I need my own shoes, bro. You know, <laughs> like, like uh, it's just that's what I felt. You know, at that time, I felt um, I was a major. Uh, piece of the play. I've always known a lot of people and I know a lot of people will come out to see me and it was also help the guys get seen because people will come to see me. You know what I'm saying? It's like you playing on it with the star athlete and all the scouts come to see the star athlete. He may not have a great, great game, but they see you. So I was actually looking out. It was good charity for everybody. You know what I mean? But <laughs> I told you, they should have never activated MJ and me. Uh, but it's, he's back. So you know, I do my own flyers and I post it up on the wall, but I was echoing then where I'm getting ready to go now. So um, I think I was talking to, oh, Unsung. Unsung hit me today uh, through text message. He said, man, I'm so proud of you, man. He said, you're doing everything you said you would do. <laughs> That's the best compliment somebody can give you is to tell you that you're living your true self and that you're living the the life that you spoke into existence. It's amazing. Exactly. You see how my shirt is, right? You see it's inside out, right? Okay. For those, for those people listening to the podcast and those people that are watching on YouTube, you can see Will, uh, just for me to describe it, Will's wearing like a, a yellowish, maybe canary yellow crew neck. He's got it inside out. So all the seams are exposed. What were you going to say, Will? I did that on purpose today, bro. Usually when people stop you, they say your shirt is inside out. I did that on purpose today, bro. You know why? Because I'm in my zone. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm in my zone. Because usually I ain't wore a shirt backwards since forever. And usually like, oh, I got my shirt on backwards. Let me, you know what I mean? It's like, no, this is the vibe that I'm in right now. I'm in my lane. Just like, remember when you told me, say, hey, remember we went to the, uh, you, had, you paint one of your uh, toenails a different color Yeah. to switch up your brain for creativity. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I ain't forgot when you taught me that. You know <laughs> what I mean? You know, I'm going to go ahead and do you, one, do you one better, good brother. I'm going to tell you, like, when you really in your zone, do you see me, good brother? Oh, do he's got his mismatched socks me? on. Do you see me, brother? <laughs> Okay, for those people okay. listening to the podcast, <laughs> Will is completely on one tonight. He just put his... <laughs> into the camera uh you have to go to youtube this is, you have to see this on youtube so okay well um <laughs> so here's the story here's context um mm -hmm. i worked in the aerospace industry for over 10 years mm -hmm. and i developed a uniform and i would have my j crew khakis and my brooks brothers shirt and one of the ways that i learned to express myself in this very constricting environment was to wear funky socks. And I'd wash the funky socks and I'd collect them and I'd wear them as a pair. So they'd be matching funky socks. And what I realized was, is that when I would wake up early in the morning and I would open up the sock drawer, it would be dark. And I know that there was a couple times where I couldn't find two matching funky socks for whatever reason. So I just grabbed two socks and threw them on. And those were the days when I would go to work when people would notice that the socks were, weren't matching. 
So mm-hmm. I did that a few times, and then I just decided to not match my socks anymore. And mm. from that, people would always see me and they'd be like, there's the guy with the mismatched socks. And for our listeners, I want you to just think for a second about that concept. You're wearing socks on both of your feet and people are looking at them and they're finding fault because they're not matching because we've developed some construct that our socks need to match for some reason, even though they're on separate legs, they need to, they need to match. So I can just tell you, Will, that I know that wearing an inside out or a backward shirt, it triggers something in people's minds that it doesn't match what the normal is. So people need to speak out and they need to say something. So circling back to the original discussion about you hopping into escrow and hopping in in such a strange time for some folks, it's so alarming that you're doing it at a time when it's not normal for people to do this, that it, that it raises eyebrows. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The toenail. So um, when I was in LA, I did a lot of running and I found that pedicures were not only a great relaxation technique, but they also helped get your feet right. And I got a pedicure one time and the lady was like, Mm -hmm. do you want any color on your nails? And I was just like, okay, yeah, let me get the red. And then she was like, do you want all the toes? And I was like, no, just do one toe. So I picked the middle toe on my, on my foot, and she painted it red. And then I just wore flip-flops. And people would see me and they'd be like, why is your toenail painted red? And I'd say, oh, it's painted red for good luck. Or it's, it, it, you just make up something. And what it does is, is that all these different, all of these things that, that, that I did, that Will does, part of it is to draw attention. But another part of it too is just to help people think outside the box, which is very cliche to say, but we don't do it enough to think about things differently in such a way that it helps to create new pathways in your brain, right? New -hmm. pathways in your brain needs leads to new habits, new habits lead to new activities, new activities lead to new explorations. You learn something new, you become something different. And all of that is rooted in doing things a little bit differently than you did them yesterday or doing them drastically different than you did them yesterday. Mm -hmm. Now, um, have you done, you know, when you paint your toes or you wear socks differently, did you do it for uh, attention, to get attention? Because I was just wondering, because like when I do something, I do it. I don't be really thinking about like what people think about it. I think, well, to that was when I was wearing mismatched socks, I'd probably say that was almost like three or four years ago. Like I think when I got to Nike, I started just matching my socks. I also started wearing shoes that I couldn't really wear mismatched socks with. Um, Mm -hmm. So I sort of, when I was working in aerospace, I was wearing dress socks. I could do the mismatched socks really easy. But once I started working at Nike, I'm wearing Nike socks and they're just like, they have different color ones, but I'm just wearing them. Uh, To answer your question, I think back then subconsciously working in the aerospace industry, I did because I couldn't wear Mm -hmm. sneakers because I couldn't wear a funky tie because you know, all my shirts were either blue or white or gray or khaki or something like that. So Mm -hmm. it was something for people to look at. It was a discussion point. And, but after a certain period of time, it was, it was really to rile people because people would just be like, Hey, look at that guy wearing mismatched socks. And they would try to make fun of me and Mm -hmm. I accepted it. 
And mm -hmm. you know that being bullied as a kid, it's like when somebody says, ha ha, your pants are too short. You can, mm -hmm. either go, you can either go home and get your pants lengthened, wear them lower, or you can come back the next day with your pants the same length and just be like, yeah, these are, this is who I am and this is what I've become. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. so after, after a while, it just became a part of my identity. And my, mm -hmm. identi my identity has evolved since then. Because mm -hmm. I don't wear mismatched socks anymore, but I still appreciate it and I love it. And when I see people doing it, and when my daughter does it, it's like the—I mean, she saw it from me, and and but now she's just like she just goes into her drawer, she just grabs two socks if they're the same length, she's going to put them on. She doesn't care. Children don't care. So why do adults care if our socks match? Right. Really. Ah, think about that. Might be that. the name. That might be the name of the episode, bro. That was hot. <laughs> <laughs> that was dope yeah man yeah 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 that's good stuff that's good stuff yeah it does uh i don't know man i just like you know I'm, i i think what this was a breaking for me during this process is bigger than just being an escrow and and going about try you know buying a home there you um, go. I saw you. I saw yeah. you getting ready to say try, and then you. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I, had to, I had to, I had to fix that uh, because I really now can say that I really don't care what people think about me in the most uplifting way as possible. Because you know, we go in in an industry where you're looked upon in a under a microscope in what you do. You, you know, you can get to the point where you care about perception, you care about image, you care about all these different things or how do people perceive me in the world. Um, but after going through this process, it's like, I don't care. And it makes me even more freer as an artist. Because when you, when people see you and they think, oh, you've made it. And I have made it. Too. And, and there's many things of making it. And to ask on the phone all day, calling folks all day to give a little cushion to get over across the finish line, you have to make yourself of no reputation. What's that mean? And that, and that means no reputation means in the good book, it talks about when Jesus made himself of no reputation and became a servant. And that means to empty yourself not worrying about what title someone has given you and being in a position where you can be a servant to serve people being in a position for me when i can call and ask even though i got a blockbuster movie coming out not one but two and not worrying about what people are going to think about me oh shouldn't you have it shouldn't you have this and if i think that that's what they're thinking then i've made myself a reputation and so when you take off the mask of that, and that could be for some, that's for me, but it also could be for somebody in any field, CEO title, uh, whatever it may be, you know, uh, head of Nike, head of whoever. And if that title becomes more important than your bottom line, then you've already forgotten the reason of why you're doing what you're doing. And so it just reminded me in this process it's making me a better artist and a better human being because you and when you go through adversity it exposes things in you that you don't even know that you still may be hanging on and dealing with you know we think you know i'm 30 some years old and you think you're past people pleasing 
You think you're past this and you think you're past that. And once you hit another wall that has you to highlight yourself of what's really inside, you're like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Some people I ain't want to call because I was a, 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 a thought that they may think this. They may think that. They may call this person. But when I did it, a lot of people was like, oh, congratulations. Oh, you deserve it. Send me the link. It's nothing. You good for it? It's nothing. The same people that I thought was going to be like, ah, man, I don't know. Don't you got that movie with Mel Gibson, my G? You should have this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but when you that honest and that raw and that humble, you can't do nothing but ascend to the next level. And that's that person hitting at that stone, not worried about when they're going to get to the next place. They know they're going there. Or you're making that beautiful painting or that beautiful puzzle that you're, that you're putting together when nobody's looking. And then you're presenting it to the world. But you get back to presenting what you like. Like when you talk to artists, sometimes artists always want to know, well, what do you like? What do you like? But what do you think I should do? No, what do you like? What is beating in your heart? What is your expression? And that can be a shirt backwards. That can be mismatched socks. That can be toenails painted. Or that, be, that could be you getting ready to paint a Picasso or something greater than that, you know? So I say this to say that, that I hope the listener that is listening will step out and truly decide to be unapologetically yourself. Stonecutters Podcast, we out.